What's up, listeners? Thanks for tuning in to All Things Boston. It is Wednesday, April 26th. We are sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic on 95 North. Uh, morning bullshit. I was going to take the train in, and then I'm like, you know what? Let me take my car, get a haircut, yada, yada, yada. Worst decision ever. Um, it is red like crazy right now. And um, yeah, blows. But whatever. We're on our journey now. Figured I'll do a pod, be productive, go over last night's Celtics game catch you up with what's going on in my world, Red Sox, all that. Um, So we'll get into it. We'll talk about the Red Sox season, bottom of the barrel, um, worst team in the AL East, Uh, just can't get it together. Uh, Sitting at 13 and 12, the last place team, we are seven and a half games back from first place against the Rays. Rays are 20 and four. I mean, this team is unbelievable and no one gives them any credit every year. They're a pain in the ass, but they got dudes like Wander Franco, fantasy pick for me, and Randy Rosarina, and then everyone else is just on that team delivering. And yeah, you play in a stadium that lulls you to sleep. Tampa has got a lot of adult, you know, gentlemen clubs uh, at night, so maybe the players are getting drunk and hung over for that Saturday uh, one o'clock game, and they're 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 mashing teams in right now. It's just unbelievable. How good that that record is, and uh, good luck to the Red Sox for catching up to that. They have the best record in the league, so it's just surprising. This year has been pretty interesting as an AL uh, AL baseball fan. I mean, the, I mean, I think I thought I knew the Twins are going to be decent, but the Rangers um, ahead of the Astros right now is another thing to kind of talk about. Surprisingly, um, they got some dude on the Rangers that's just like mashing, and it's kind of like a no name. He went like four for five with like six RBIs the other day. Um, just a nasty team. But, you know, back to the Red Sox, I just, I just, uh, they're playing on brand. I mean, we all knew the season was going to blow. Pretty sure that um, leadership team and the Red Sox is planning on getting Shohei, so they're probably not going to spend much money. They're just going to try to put a club together um, and, and, you know, murder us on ticket prices and, and sodas and hot dogs. It's one of those, I guess, uh, two-year rebuilding uh, scenes. We're just in a weird place for the Red Sox, considering we can't be that team. It's like the Yankees at the same point, which is their second to last, and they're only one loss from being tied with us um, in the AL, bottom of the barrel. But it's just a shitty, another shitty year, another um, just disappointment start to the season, but we can get into just talking about the bright spot spots on this team. Um, as of recently, even Jaron Duran had a, a grand slam yesterday, so hopefully he's starting to finally grow up and stop being like a you know a whiny little baby and and crying about you know fly balls and all that shit and giving up on runs. Um, I saw a monster hit from Tristan Cassis, um, just destroyed the ball. I mean, their team has talent. Yoshida, another Grand Slam. Two home runs in one inning the other day. Um, Yoshida's another one of my fantasy uh, guys. So my team's actually called Yoshida's Full in um, terms of the Shitter's Full from the uh, Christmas Vacation movies. So there are some bright spots on this team. What the the, the bad spots are is the pitching. I mean, every time, I'm pretty sure we were up like 5-1 on the Orioles the other day, and then we just blew it and lost 7-6. Um, whether it's starting pitching, like Chris Sale has just been so inconsistent, just does is not the same guy. 
uh, to just like Brian Bellow, just getting absolutely demolished every start he gets. So everyone was all hyped up, like at least their pitching's going to be decent, and they're not. It's actually the bats that seem to be more consistent. Justin Turner had a home run the other day as well. Um, it's a good, like, the way they built at least the... So it's like on paper, they look like a good team. You got guys like Yoshida who have a high ceiling. Um, Tristan Cass is high ceiling. Uh, Jaron Duran high ceiling. You have some some youth on this team and, and, mean, and just new players that can potentially bring um, some excitement to that team. You know, Adam Duvall getting hurt definitely just took the legs off the team. But, um, you know... There are some games where I'm like, oh shit, like we're you know we're hitting the ball, we're, we're scoring runs. Um, we don't have that much of an identity yet, but hopefully this month we'll just get smacked around and then kind of understand what kind of competition we're dealing with. Uh, we do have the Twins coming up, which is going to be a tough series, so we'll see how that goes. But the Red Sox seem to play pretty decent at home. Um, you know they, they've uh, they've been able to put some good games together. They've had some close games. You know, Tanner Hook is just like. I wouldn't say decent. They're seven and six, six and six in a way, um, but six and four last ten, so above five hundred last ten games. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm honestly making a shit sandwich right now. Uh, the team is just not um, not good at all, and we knew that. And you know, sometimes when the team sucks, you can start to look at other teams and kind of you know see who's hot and who's who's doing better on on other squads because when your team's not winning. Um, you know, you want to just look in other, other clubs that actually got their shit together. Um, so, you know, I, I, I learn a lot from my fantasy team and what players are on mine and kind of see where they're at. You know, like the White Sox have the worst pitching of all time. I don't know why I have Giolito. should have never made that trade. Um, but it is what it is. That's all I can say as a Sox fan. Um, I'm just, just trying to stay patient again. Um, I mean, as my old pods go, I have a strong, um, resentment towards the ownership group. I, I think that, you know, every year should be something they should fight for and people should be fired if they can't do their job. Uh, but it just seems like there's so much moving parts in that organization that the club gets like second, like second treatment, you know, like the club is the baseball team just doesn't get the appreciation that it should be getting which means like you're not caring about the fans um, and you're more caring about like your growth options in terms of your sports group. And that is literally what's happening right now. The Red Sox are building um, this huge complex outside of the Fenway Park area. They have like massive vendors. It's going to be like a, a, a Gillette Stadium meets Boston type of uh, vibe in there. And they're going to be building over the highway. And it seems like they're more interested in that. They're more interested in all things not involving Red Sox. So I don't know what John Henry's plan is. Maybe he's just building this company up so he can just sell it and just start another investment somewhere else with low, you know, with some depreciation, build that up again. But something's got to give. And I hate the fact that, you know, American ownership has this reputation now of just kind of, you know, sucking out the reserves of, of cash flow. To, to fund other projects um, and you see really good clubs uh, struggling because of that and 
you know, looking at like soccer, for instance, it's the same thing that's going on with some of these clubs that are owned by American teams like Man U, Chelsea. Um, it seems like these American owners are, are really, really running these these clubs and franchises into the ground. Yes, they're spending money up front, but they're not they're not winning, and it's pissing off the fan base. And what I love about English European soccer is that like the fans revolt and they get pissed and we need to be more vocal about the state of our team it's frustrating that we just kind of everyone just goes to the game like yeah go socks like why are we booing all the time why aren't we you know calling in the radio complaining i mean I, the radio's dead but you know i feel like as a fan base we're just kind of accepting the fact that the team sucks and they have sucked the last two and a half years so and that year we went pretty deep um and lost to the astros that was a fluke like we weren't even supposed to be that good so when is this new gm heimbloom gonna actually deliver on his promises that he made when he you know sitting in that press conference with um with, you know the red Sox brass so that's where my heart is right now i mean again i'm still a fan still hoping for the best but and still, like, rooting for a lot of these new newcomers that are on the team now. But, yeah, I mean, in reality, it's time to kind of look at it like, all right, well, this season's shit. Um, tickets will be cheap, which is awesome. Uh, and, you know, spend more money at the bars because you know you're not going to miss much when you get there. And then it is what it is. So, moving on to last night's Celtics game. I was watching that game when they went up 13 points. And I was like... Yeah, wow, they're cruising right now. I mean, this dude, you know, Trey Young is really good, but it seems like they're just playing really well. Um, again, 13-point lead with four minutes left, you're, you're, you're just like an easy street, or maybe six minutes. But for some weird weird reason, there was like a feeling. I think that, like, they got the yips. You could tell, like, nerves were going. They made these awful plays. Marcus Smart with awful blocking falls. Um, you know, Tatum just coughing the ball up. You know, Tatum might have been his worst playoff game I've ever seen. I don't watch a lot of basketball, but that was the saddest. You know, you think Michael Jordan's going to be playing that fourth quarter like that, dude? I don't know what his problem is, but he looked absolutely atrocious and cost his team the game. Where you have Jalen Brown, who's been, who's carrying, hit a massive three um, at, you know, half side of a junction, whatever the fuck they call it. Um, you know, he, he ran out of gas too, but dudes like Tatum, like you sub that guy in and he should be like Kobe or whoever the hell he worships coming in there and just lights out and just carrying the team to a win. And he didn't do that. And, you know, maybe the new coach has to do with it too, but, you know, you got guys like Marcus, you know, not Marcus or whatever, Brogdon dude, who's driving the ball. That dude should not be like, oh no, he took like a shot. Like it was un- unnecessary. You could have ran the clock down. You could have passed it, made some plays. They just looked like absolute shit that last fourth quarter, and we blew it. And I knew they were going to blow it. I just had a feeling, even when we were up, you could see them looking around like, oh, no, I don't know how long this is going to last. And that's kind of what, you know, basketball really is. It's a series of momentum. And, you know, these guys just didn't have it. And it's awful. I, if I was a fan, I'd be shocked. I'd be sick to my stomach. I spent all that money at courtside seats. Watch that fucking team shit the bed in front of my face. And I still, like, have the Celtics to win the series. But, again, this is another game they got to play. It's exhausting. And then, you're, you know, you're a little tired going into the game, you know, uh, the next the next series. It's just crazy that we're, we're letting these guys hang on us. 
And, you know, I'm just surprised that, um, and I, I'm blaming that new coach. Maybe he just doesn't have these real pressure scenarios. And, and it's like, I almost wish he had a fucking earpiece that Brad Stevens just kind of walk him through those last 10 minutes of that game. Um, again, I'm not a big basketball fan, but I know a fucking absolute collapse when I see one. And that was just awful. It reminded me of all the reasons why we never have won anything in the last five years. You got selfish basketball. You got Marcus Smart doing stupid shit. You got Tatum not showing up. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, that's that's basically the script the last five years, six years. Who knows? But we all get hyped up. We all watch the Celtics go deep. They get to the friggin' finals and they get to the, you know, Eastern Conference finals. And they don't do shit. Because they just shit themselves every time. I'm tired of getting hyped up for this team. All year they look great. And then they're just starting to collapse. And there's a lot of egos. And I feel like, you know, there was a good moment where all the egos kind of did their thing. But now it looked like this last game, everyone wanted to be, you know, the the hero um, for for that team. And it was really embarrassing uh, that it got that far. You know, miss layup, like... From, from the Time Lord, not layup, but just like follow through. Um, there's so many bad, bad moves. And, you know, college basketball players play a lot a better four minute, you know, situation than that. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Part of my French, but it's just absolutely awful. And I, I need my life back from that last, last four quarters, that last fourth quarter, because it was just brutal. I don't want anything to do with that game ever again. So, you know, that's the other stick going on. I am just finishing up. I uh, about two weeks ago, I ran a half marathon. It was the best experience of my life. I, um, you know, I enjoyed it. It's like no natural high, better than the feeling in racing. And I, again, some people just race it to say they did it, and I give them credit for that too. It's doing thirteen point one miles is so hard. Um, the one part I liked about it is I actually tried to train for this like I ran almost every other day you know and I was trying to get my speed faster um there were some times though like obviously my diet and my sleep and just life was just really weighing down on me where I think if I managed that a little better I probably would have had a better time but I still was able to like put out an awesome time that I was like shocked I think a lot of that had to do with the adrenaline but at that same point when I'm running the adrenaline starts to kind of like hit me where I'm like holy shit I cannot run under seven minute miles if I want to finish this race. So I had to kind of have a come to Jesus chat and and get through it. And another thing, one of the reasons why you get through it too is that you get these gels that you swallow while you're running. And these gels give you just like such a crazy jolt of energy and reserves that you're just back in the game again. It tastes pretty awful. Like I don't even know. It's like, it was almost, it's almost like a sour candy. Like it's just like gelatin. It's cornstarch, super cornstarch, whatever the fuck it is. But that, when you hit an hour of running, is like the best thing for you. And I wish I had that when I did any other like athletic type of um, activities, whether it's like soccer, doubleheaders, or just playing basketball. That thing came in handy and just brought me back to life. And I, I, I had it um, while I was running. And it was just an amazing experience. I don't know how to kind of um, describe it. I'm not trying to virtue signal. And I hate getting into that point because I've, I've been reading up more about this just social media and just humbly bragging and all that bullshit but I like to share things that I enjoy I find joy with and I want other people to experience whether you don't or not 
I just feel good like sharing that energy that I got from that event and um, just absolutely amazing. And then seeing my daughter and my wife as I'm crossing that finish line and her running, my little daughter running to me and saying, Daddy, like the coolest feeling in the world. And I got to get back. I got to keep going. I brought my shit today. I'm down to 10 miles today. It's just the addiction is legit. And um, the, the thing about running is if you don't stay consistent, it gets harder and harder and harder to get back to that square one where I don't know how many lifetimes I have to get back to this type of um, the, you know, just being focused to do this. So that's what I say. And that's kind of what drives me from not drinking. It's like, how many times can I quit this longer? Or how many times can I do this? And, and in a real gut check moment, it's like not many. I, and I have to kind of really ride that wave. Um, because once you kind of get your habits back, you're back to normal again. I mean, I, I, I quit coffee. I've quit weed this year. I felt freaking phenomenal every time I quit both things, but I'm back on coffee full time. I have a large cold brew sitting right in front of me and I am full blown coffee addict again. Like I need two or three cups a day. I had a cup at like four o'clock and it just comes back. It's crazy how you go from cold turkey to just full blown on any sort of like habit you're trying to break. So, you know, and that's really one of the reasons why I think I want to continue to do this and I want to continue to grow and um, and, and just keep, you know, progressing. It's, it's something that is just such a good high, uh, and it's easier said than done. And it's one of the hardest things you can do because running is extremely, can be extremely uncomfortable, can be extremely mentally uncomfortable. And when you finally do get that flow, they call it, that's where it really hits you. And, um, I'll end, you know, my last like spiel on running is like, your form is everything. So you have to maintain a good form. Not only does it increase your speed and your um, agility, but it also will keep you like from getting like exhausted. The minute you start running like awkward and, and, and moving your arms across your chest and really tight and stuff like that, that's, that, stre- uh, that stresses so many muscles that your body starts to make that quit muscle, that quit gene, that lactic acid, whatever the fuck they call it, where you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm dying. I need to quit. Um, so that's my advice to anyone who's starting running, you know, really stay serious with the form, watch YouTube videos, look at the kind of videos that kind of coach you on what a good form looks like. And then, you know, start doing it. Like go ahead, run, do 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, then start doing 5Ks, get the 5Ks, get the 10Ks, 10Ks to 20Ks, and then half marathon. Um, it's a pretty amazing how much your body will adjust to stress if you slowly start to just kind of ease it in. Um, and that's, I learned that. And, and I think, you know, for me, it's motivated me and other sides of my life to like set my goals more and have some attainable goals and also just trust the journey. Like it took me um, three months to, to, to really attack that race, um, you know, in the moment as best as I could. You know, there's, there's other things I could probably do in the same sort of journey that's gonna take a long time, take a lot of dedication that'll show really good results like that race. So please try, try it. Cause it's, it, again, I'm coming from someone who 
I used to barely run. I was not. I used to love running. It was always my getaway. But I just I shelved it. I chose other activities, and I got back into it, and I fell back in love with it. So,、um, you know, get yourself some good socks so you don't get blisters. Get yourself some comfy shoes, Hoka's, Brooks,、um, Asics, whatever your type of foot is.、Uh, so just get yourself ready and just get out there. And that's kind of what what starts. And, and again, making sure your your form and your fit. Is uh is right and and then the rest is is just kind of up to you to push yourself. It's like you're either gonna continue to have this like excuse of I don't have time or、um, I can't do it to like just making making time. You know, I, again, I have my bag for, for I'm going to work. You know, I'm getting a haircut, whatever. But I have my bag ready to run that 10 miles today.、Um, I'm good to go. Like I don't need.、Um, You know, I, I I kind of visualize it whether it's the morning before I go in or whatever. Like, all right, I'm gonna take time. I've made myself able to,、um, you know, shower at the gym in Boston and and just get it done. So you can do it. There's opportunity. It's only like even if you only do 30 minutes, it's still you can probably get, you know, four miles in 30 minutes if you're if you're an eight minute,、um, you know, runner. That's a great that's a great run, and it's 30 minutes. So you you can do it within an hour. So. That's my take on that,、um, and then you know, popular culture, it's is crazy. Tucker Carlson is now off Fox News.、Uh, Don Lemon is now off CNN.、Uh, crazy sex scandal with the CNBC poncho or MSNBC.、Um, again, it's hard to not be a conspiracy theorist when these type of things happen, because the word is like Tucker has a contract with.、Um, With Fox News, where he can't say anything until his contract expires, which basically silences him for the upcoming election.、Um, again, it's just hard to understand what, like, what is going on here. And I'm sure if I'm Tucker and someone's like, "Yeah, I'll get," because I think he was getting like a million episode or something crazy,、um, an episode like, "Yo, basically retire, and I'll still pay you like you're working every day." What would you do? You'd、definitely be like, yeah, fuck that, yeah, easy money. It's like being, you know, pandemic、uh, again, and you don't have to worry about it. But again, Tucker's influence and、uh, his ego, I couldn't see him doing that. But at the same point, I would do it. Just be quiet for a year, collect your million dollars a show or whatever the hell they were paying you. I mean, it's, that's a tough, it's a tough deal. So,、um, and then Biden announces reelection, which. Again, I don't understand anyone of my generation that can actually feel like this guy has done any better for us. It's I know that there are sometimes where it's like I'd rather be dead than vote red.、I've、heard that before,、um, and I see why the the Republican National Committee and and just their whole way of marketing itself is just like so unorganized. But as someone who's thirty seven years old and part of part of the most like. Unluckiest generation of all time. How can we, like, feel like this president has been amazing to us? How can we feel like this guy has actually made change、um, that he was supposed to do when he was with Obama's presidency? And everyone, you know, gave Obama a pass because the economy was in awful shape the eight years that he was there, and I get it. And he does—I mean, he does at some point deserve somewhat of a pass because you, you had to literally. Uh, pull this country from、um, a recession, but with with Biden, 
I, I just there's no more excuses with that. We we already went through the motions of that, and it just seems like everything that he's focused on has not been good. And you know, again, this podcast that I'm listening to that that addresses like you know virtue signaling, uh, signaling, and um, you know status and stuff like that. Uh, you look at someone like Biden's, um, you know, Biden's what do they call it? Uh, his um, administration and his team is more focused on these crazy virtual signals than the actual um, success financially of Americans. And you've lost money if you've existed this past year in the last two years, like with inflation. I mean, his whole presidency, we've just continuously, you looked at our bank account, you would see your money just go down, down, down. And even if you got a raise, you'd probably see it go flat. And the world, this country is just suffering so bad um, because we, we, you know, once again, we, we elected a president that was more towards like the sensitive side to the public. And don't get me wrong, like we need both. But when one of them on each side is too heavy, you know, you start to see suffering. And I guess, you know, and I'll say that for Trump, maybe he was just too big on business and then didn't look at the human side of society either. But it's flipped now and now we have Biden. And I'm sorry, but I'll take whoever the hell is next because this you can't give this president another four years to just uh, take this country and, and back. Um, and there's not a lot he can really chirp about to say he's done well. Um, besides being an advocate for human rights, I understand that's important and you want your president to uh, stick up for what's going on. Um, everyone should be treated equally and and that type of thing but again it's the same thing that Obama did during his presidency where he you know was so you know they spent so much time uh, focusing on transgenders and, and bathrooms and the American public was like dude what's going on here like we need to focus more on the economy and that's what happened like they voted for Trump he was more pro-economy and then he won and and I don't know like if you put a DeSantis Trump ticket I, I can't see Trump not not winning because then you'll get people that support DeSantis voting for Trump and then you get and then because then the, pro, the the plan would be you know Trump four years and then DeSantis another eight and you you have a, a long Republican you know tenure in office um, when Joe elected Kamala that there was no bump that was more of a negative than anything you know and I think that um, you know, if those two get together and actually campaign alongside, it's a wrap. Um, it has to be. But who knows? Because again, I'm I I live in a very democratic state. Um, there are not a lot of Republican fans in this in this at least in the city where I work. Um, it will not vote Republican. But in those swing states, like they have to feel their pockets being pinched. They have to feel like enough's enough. They have to feel like it's time for change. Or, or back to at least the Trump years where he was just like building more businesses back in the United States, more factories and things like that. I don't know. I really, um, I really hope so because I've not been in such a frustrating uh, presidency. I don't want to blame Biden for all, you know, my problems, but he sure hasn't made them easier and he sure hasn't um, found a solution yet. So, and I can look back at the Trump years and be like, this guy was a lunatic, but you know, there was more opportunity out there that you could imagine. And we're actually seeing, um, you know, the end of Trump's legacy because a lot of these booms 
are now going to close again because of the economy and the poor management of, you know, poor management of not opening up the country sooner and poor management of just um, really dividing the country more than it's ever been before. Um, and, and that was always Biden's thing to be a great uniter and not a divider. And that was a lie because he has not only um, basically drawn a line in the stand with, um, you know, who conservative voters are, which is bullshit because, you know, I'm a registered Republican and I'm not some crazy, you know, January 6th, you know, lunatic um, who's crashing the Capitol. I'm a normal dude that has a family that, you know, is frustrated with his taxes. Um, and, and that's, that's what he's done. So, and then you have the, the morons in the Republican party that just can't take advantage of that. Like it's, it's almost like they're working with each other and they know what they're doing again, back to conspiracies, but, um, that's how I feel. And that's where I'll leave it. So enough of my rant. This has been a long commute. Hope everyone has a good rest of their Wednesday morning. We'll talk soon. Peace.